This is your girl, Brandy J. Voices of Courage. And today I have with me the great Alan Baker. Guys, this is a terrific guest because he does so much. I don't know what he doesn't do. <laughs> but you are a high performance and an internationally recognized martial arts and defense expert. Is that your top thing that everyone knows you for? Yeah, that's what most people know me for. Okay. Well, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be on. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited to have you here. Uh you know, with with all, you know, what's in your, your profile and everything, I wanted to ask you, because uh, I want to, you know, of course, let the guests know who you are, but who you are and what does it take to, what's the number one thing it takes for anybody to have even the tiniest bit of success? Oh, wow. That's a, you know, the, a list of things, but um, one of the main things I would think is uh, consistency. Over time, uh, you know, a lot of people want to achieve their goals uh, now. Uh, and, you know, it's you have to, I think, realize that it, it's going to take time. And that's a good thing because a lot of wisdom is developed over the effort of, of continuously striving for something and um, and plan accordingly, you know, um, look at a long-term goal and then backtrack from that. What are your short-term goals to get you there? Uh, and then you can focus on those, the, and those small achievements as you move along. Uh, you know, for me, just, I see it in the martial arts Academy all the time. Uh, most of the time it's uh, rank attainment. Uh, the students will gradually move up in rank, but it, the rank represents small steps uh, that they can advance toward their goal. And it's the same thing in life, you know, um, regardless of what your goal is, if you can break it down into digestible parts. Uh, it's easier to see progress and that generally will keep most people um, focused and moving forward. And uh, I would say, accept the fact that for all success, uh, failure is in the re recipe. Um, you know, sometimes if, if you don't, Expect that in advance uh, when it does roll around um, and you're not good at dealing with it. Sometimes it'll set you back or for a lot of people, they'll just stop. Um, but like for me, I've been doing martial arts and training students for 40 years now. So um, you'll see that a major skill on the floor and in life is to be able to expect and deal with failure as part of the process. And once you can kind of do that, then uh, it's no big deal. Uh, you actually seek it out. You know, you'll start to place yourself into environments where you can gain that wisdom through failure quicker. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, you can obtain the knowledge that comes with it. And yeah. because there's no way around it, you know, right? and, yeah. That's very true. That's a powerful message, though, to look at failure kind of like as learning because that will take somebody's fear away. And they'll, go, like you said, they'll go seek it and they'll expect it, but they'll know with it comes lessons. And then it, it, that's very powerful, actually, because that's what everybody's fear, fearful of. Like, if I don't make it, but how do you make it if you never? <laughs> yeah, you look at some of our great achievers. Um, none of them got there without some sort of failure. And yeah, I'd be, I'd probably say there was quite a bit of it, 
we just don't know about it, you know, because they right. probably, <laughs> probably don't advertise it. Um, you know, all we see are the great things they achieve. But um, for every great event, I'd be willing to say there is at least 10 failures, that, mm -hmm. at the very least, that, that came along prior to that. Yeah, I remember hearing a little bit of Kobe Bryant's. He, he spoke about his failures and how that was without that's the reason why, you know, he was able to get to where he was because of, of those failures. I can't remember specifically, but it stood out to me because he highlighted his failures to how he succeeded. And I was like, hmm. And a great example, because you, how much training did he do? How, how often did he get out there and work and, you know, place himself in that environment and in that process, yeah. you're going to make mistakes, you know? So you could say he went after those mistakes very vigorously yeah, and, and, <laughs> and probably got more of them out of the way than anybody else. And so he moved along that process um, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. Like that's the kind of genius way I'm like, cause it makes you just want to go out there and live and do everything. I'm like, yeah, let's go do it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So for you, what, what, okay. So what was your, have you ever had, um, uh, obviously there's been failures, but what was the one that you have, like the one that really, really pushed you like to the, to the limits? Oh, wow. Um, there's a lot of them, you know, in business, um, you know, you'll, you'll have failures in business. Um, and those motivated me to keep going, try again, go back, don't make the same mistakes. And, um, you know, in martial arts, obviously, lots of failures. You know, uh, I, I do many different arts and, you know, just let's say kickboxing alone. How often do you get punched in the face, you know, before you take a step back and stop <laughs> or you try to do something to uh, keep, keep that from happening? You know, so um, there's a lot of, them, you know, and um, that was always a philosophy I learned from my teachers and I see on the academy floor is, you know, you accept that, you know, uh, the warrior's perspective, we, we know that those are going to happen. So I'm going to get my partner and I'm going to go make as many of them today as I can. Of course, there'll be some successes too, but, uh, you know, and I'm going to intelligently look back at what I did. Sometimes we'll make them and just go, well, I won't do that anymore. But it, you have to sit down and take time, recognize what, what happened, uh, what part of the equation didn't work. Um, and make a mental note, uh, if not a written one, on how to avoid that again in the future. So you, you make it a good educational process. Um, and there's, you know, in a repeat, uh, you would like to collect um, that wisdom as you move forward. Yeah, most definitely. So I take it for a lot of your students, that was a hard pill to swallow, I would think, quite a few of them. Uh, you know, it, it varies. Per individual, um, uh, I've had some uh, that are just fearless and it's just a hundred miles an hour, you know, uh, and then some, yes, you know, you'll see that they take it a little more to heart, uh, but that is one of the beauty, uh, the, some of the beauty behind that environment yeah. is, um, you know, they don't have that discussion with that student at that moment written on the curriculum and you walk out and you have a talk with them and, uh, you know, it may, it'll change the way they, their perspective on the academy floor. And if they let it, it'll 
it'll do the same thing for life. That's how I learned it. Um, you know, a lot of those lessons were in between classes or afterwards. And those little moments when your teacher, your mentor will whisper that advice in your ear and you can ignore it. But fortunately mm -hmm. for me, I listened and it, it had a great effect on, on my life and, and where I went. Right. Right. I think like hearing you talk about this, you know, like, but how you, the students said, some of them are fearless and some just go and then some a little bit harder. But do you think like you can kind of tell, like, say for like an athlete or anybody that's achieved something, you know, you'll have the one that's just like swooping around the place after they won. They're like, yeah, like they expected it. And then you have that one that won, but they're crying. But, you know, they're crying because you could tell them that they've been through a lot and they work so hard to get there. And they just like, yes, you know. So you think that that says a lot about like, cause you know, you get that one that, that wins, but they take it. So, you know, like they just, and that's what I feel when I, when I, I, that's what I prefer from each type of uh, like play player or winner. Yeah, it, it varies. Um, you, you know, individuals reactions to uh, success. Mm -hmm. Um You know, that's another thing I generally try to teach my guys is how you handle success says a lot about you. So those moments of high energy and high emotion, uh, just like in life, you know, you can you can have a moment where it takes you over and you'll sometimes you do the wrong thing you react differently. Um, so, you know, it'll vary depending on how each individual reacts to it. Yeah, I think I'm the crier. Like, I just want to thank everyone. No, I, I think I am the parent because it, I know it takes a lot of work and then people judge and they don't expect you to. I think that's a lot. Do you think that that's a lot to do with uh, what's the biggest thing that holds people back? Do you think it's other people and judgments and how a lot of people expect you to, to lose or not to win? Uh, or your reaction to it. I mean, uh, you know, there's no action in life that you're going to do that. You're not going to run into an opinion uh, or someone trying to force their point of view on what you're doing. And, uh, you know, it's a life skill to get to the point to put a volume knob on that and be able to turn it down. Uh, you know, not only those guys externally, but that guy internally, too. You know, he sometimes he don't he's not the biggest cheerleader. <laughs> right? so, yeah. So you, you, know, you really have two angles there you got to get used to. And usually the first one is what other people say, what other people think. And uh, that's a major, um, you know, skill to be able to, you know, take it for what it's worth. It's it's constructive feedback and uh, I'm going to react accordingly. I think the little voice in the head, the internal landscape yeah, is probably a little more powerful because that external noise will feed that little internal voice and um, he'll sneak up on you, you know, and, and whisper in your ear. So the ability to start to home um, rein the guy, that guy in uh, one, shut him up or turn him down. And two, to start get him, getting him to uh, say what you want to hear, um, which you will see, you know, a lot of very successful people. They'll talk about uh, mantras, uh, different types of internal dialogue they'll use to start to um, train that uh, in internal dialogue. So, okay. so do you have any books? I know you have two too. Do you have any books on? Because you know you do. Um, you actually, 
uh, Jill, you like you've trained like within like the military, like tactics and things like that, right? Yes, uh, I have an academy in Woodstock, mm-hmm. Georgia, and I have a business outside of that, mm-hmm. uh, which is a tactical training business. And I work with a lot of uh, military, law enforcement, um, protection groups, uh, protection training agencies, uh, which has been a fantastic experience. Um, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, it honestly sh- shined a light on a completely different world of defensive tactics that uh, you don't normally see in the martial arts world. Um, you know, those, those guys from all those branches, they have to follow certain rules, uh, behavior patterns. Um, they have to take into consideration how things look visually. And most martial arts don't care about that. You know, <laughs> it's just, you know. <laughs> so it changes a lot of things for those guys. And um, so it, that's, it's been a very unique experience just being involved. Uh, they teach me as much as I teach them and influence what I do, uh, tremendously. Um, uh, so. That's amazing. Cause I know in here you talked about also too, what you teach because when our, our mindsets and, be, and all that stuff can have a lot to do, how we react to situations or some kind of, a you know, like emergency, you know, cause I know with the military, that's why they have to be so, you know, because anything could happen at any moment and you got to remove all that out of there and be like very like, you know, strategic. And so I know that takes a lot, but wouldn't you say that if we had those type of, um, probably can't have all of them, that type of thinking, it would help us be able to assess and react differently in a lot of life situations. Yeah, the you know being able to kind of change your thought patterns around it is um, one thing, uh, but having an environment that you can practice in is uh, an entirely different. Um, and like I, I obviously use the example of the academy floor quite a bit. You you'll get put in situations that will make you angry, make you sad, <laughs> frustrate you. Um, it, it's, and you can tone down the frustration or if you've got a good partner, he can turn it up. And, you know, everybody has those moments where that emotional energy gets away from you and, and there's, it just consumes you, you know, you, there's nothing you can do. Um, and that's part of the training. The practice is putting yourself in that situation and, recognizing it internally and then saying, I'm not going to instantly react to it, but I'm going to choose my reaction to it. Um, And through that practice, when we do it inside the Academy, we hope that when those events happen in life, uh, we have done it enough that we recognize it. Oh, there it is. You know, (laughs) uh, and I, I can get a hold of it and respond more intelligently and appropriately. Right, right. That's a good lesson, making mistakes. And then when we catch them, you catch them, then you're like, oh, let me not do that again. You know? (laughs) It's bringing up like a story in my head that I had of my son's father like, (laughs) you know, repeat the same mistakes. But okay, so as far as your books, like uh, you have one, the one that's out and then another one that's coming, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, can you tell us tell the listeners more about your first one? 
Uh, the first one's called uh, The Warrior's Path. And um, we discussed earlier about those lessons that uh, I learned in between classes. Uh, they were, they were, we're not necessarily on the curriculums at the academy, but uh, like we said, my, my teachers at the time would see me have a moment of frustration and I might not have handled it the best, you know, so they would take that opportunity to come out on the floor and say, hey, next time you're in that situation, here's a better way to handle that. You know, here's a way to do it physically. Here's a way to do it mentally, um, you know, uh, with, with emotional energy. And uh, fortunately, I listened. And then uh, took a lot of notes over the years. <laughs> when I started teaching, sure enough, I would see students have those opportunities too. you know, those moments. And I would always go and share the same information that I learned. And I'd get this question quite often. Why don't you teach that in class? Well, it's just not on the curriculum. Well, you should write it down. You should you should present it somewhere. So, you know, the uh, pandemic when it uh, shut everything down, including my academy, um, I think the first was like three months. And uh, I actually took advantage of the opportunity, uh, ended up in the mountains of Virginia, and that's when I wrote the first book. So I took all of those notes on those life skills that I got from my teachers and uh, started to put it together in that book. Uh, so that was that was the first one. Okay. Second one is... Uh, called The Universal Principles of Change. In the first book, I reference um, those principles of change, but I don't really go through all of them. And so the biggest request after the first book was, hey, I, I want to see the entire list. So that's what uh, book two ended up being is um, almost the entire list, but it's a large portion of that list, and we break them down how they were learned in the academy, and then how they can be applied in life uh, for self-improvement, advancements, and that type of thing. Okay. Would you say that, because um, I know I deal with a lot of, like, uh, well, I was a teacher prior to COVID, and uh advocate for bullying, and uh, would you say that these type of lessons here could be useful for for children, because I'm more focused in on the children, but also the adults, because they need the adults, but for those type of uh, skill sets to be to be used or taught, because I think that's the things that are need to be changed within just um, saying, oh, there's, there's bullying, there's cyberbullying. It's like, well, no, let's, what do we do to prevent or help children to deal with this so we have different outcomes? Would you say that we, that was your books could be something that someone could use in that event? Uh, definitely. The uh, tools that are in there, uh, we teach in our kids program on a regular basis, um, which is really why we see a lot of parents bringing the kids to the academies, because those topics may not necessarily be covered in, in school. Uh, much like what we've discussed, uh, we call it the principle of failure. And, you know, we, we, there are opportunities for the kids uh, to experience failure. And when they do, the instructor takes the opportunity to go, hey, you know, this is what this is, and this is a better way to deal with it. And uh, it's always going to happen. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, 
you should expect it as a matter of fact. And, you know, the more times you can go through that process, the better you will get. You'll gain wisdom, skill, knowledge, and eventually it'll happen less like anything in life. So, yeah, they could definitely um, benefit from the tools. Uh, we, we teach them the kids just like we do the adults. Um, like myself, I was in my teens before I started hearing these things. Uh, they didn't necessarily teach them in a classroom uh, when I was coming up either. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I think it's time to start implementing, you know, because it's just more about education. They need to know how to socialize and be a functioning person, <laughs> you know, okay. like that definitely should be a part of it, you know, the process of going through education. So, but luckily we have people like you <laughs> that can do that. So when you were younger, what, what got you to this point where you are now? Like, did, did you experience any of the stuff that you are seeing people deal with today? Or was this kind of already like, was your, was your, any of your family in the field of like military or anything like that? Uh, no, I was a rowdy youth. <laughs> <laughs> Hyper energy. Um, my parents, mom specifically had a hard time controlling me. And um, <laughs> she actually was looking, I believe, looking for an outlet for me to get some of that energy out. And um she introduced me to the local, one of the local instructors in the town that we lived in, and I fell in love with it. I mean, I'd get in trouble at school if, if you got into a scuffle and, uh, <laughs> um, you know, we were, we were boys. That's what we did. We, it was played to us. Um, you know, we do it once a week and we're still buddies, you know, it's so, but I could go into the martial arts Academy and, uh, you know, here's this guy and he goes, Hey, I want you to try to punch this other guy and he's going to try to punch you too. And I'm like, I'm not going to get in any trouble. Yeah. There's no trouble. <laughs> you know, said, nope. You won't get in trouble. I'm like, you got it. And, uh, I remember I, to this day, I remember, the first time going in there and uh, the guy that ran the class, he had two sons and they beat me to death. <laughs> I don't think I touched them one time, and, and, uh, I, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I didn't care if I was getting beat up or not. I liked the whole culture and uh, I was passionate about it from that point forward. Uh, everybody thought I was crazy. You know, but, um, what are you going to do for, with your life? I'm going to do martial arts. That's nuts. Go get a real job. Um, everybody. <laughs> right, look at them now. <laughs> uh, when I finally got to the point where I got my first job, the only reason I was motivated to do it is because I wanted to join more schools and I had to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so, but uh, after that, uh, as they say, the rest is history. Um, I pursued it very aggressively in life. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to dive into every source of information I could find. Uh, once I got to the point where I could start uh, teaching full time uh, and, the, and the money that I would make, I started traveling to see um, the teachers you would hear about, you know, in different areas of, of the country and uh, learning, and that's what I've done ever since. 
That's amazing. So I'm thinking that's how you were able to end up doing like the armed protest, the personal protection, like all the stuff you did, it was acquired by you. Cause I'm pretty sure people sought you out, right? After they heard about you and, and what you did. Uh, yeah. And I actively, you know, looked for additional ways um, to create multiple revenue streams in this industry. Uh, it's probably one of the most common uh, paths to take is you open a school and, you know, you're the, you're the head instructor of school and that is what you do. Um, I was very fortunate to have uh, business mentors that were outside of the industry, but they were very successful. And they explained to me um, different principles that I could follow to make myself more successful and um, creating additional revenue streams outside of the current one I was working on was one of those things. And, you know, it, it, like we said earlier, it didn't happen instantly. You know, it, it, sometimes it's looked at as an overnight success, but it took 15 years <laughs> to get there. Um, but um, a lot of those things that I built um, eventually started to bear some fruit. And as mentioned earlier, a lot of them didn't. A lot of them failed. And, uh, you know, but failure is part of the process. You know, you're going to have it. So um, <clears throat> that combination of uh, information from those business mentors and trying to apply it in the current industry, it has just gone from there um, to the point where additional industries outside of the martial arts started to open up. And, uh, you know, you, you have that moment where that little voice is like, that's not what you do. You know, uh, you don't stand up and do lectures. You punch people. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, thank goodness we're not listening to that guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to go do that thing and try to, you know, pursue greater growth and advancements and we'll see what happens. I love it. I love it. I love it. I wanted to know more about, I want to uh, ask you, okay, you, you have over 20 black belts over the course of 40 plus years, 20. Out of those 20 black belts, let's see, what, <laughs> how many people did you beat up now? Okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> Out of those 20 black belts, how many, was there, was, okay, because obviously that's over a course of 40 years, so I'm pretty sure there was a lot of losses that came with it. Right or correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So throughout those 20 black belts, which which one, I can't really say which one, actually, how many, how many losses were they before you got to those? Oh, wow. Um, more than I could count or keep track of. Um, I mean, some systems alone, uh, there's a system called Burmese Bondo. I started doing it when I was... Uh, 14 or 15 years old average time to a black belt in that system was, I think eight, nine years took me over 20 years, um, you know, to, to achieve what everybody else was doing <laughs> half that time. So obviously a lot of things, you know, moving, you could call them failures if you wanted to uh, I would generally just look at them as minor setbacks, but yeah, there was a lot of challenges. Um, and, you know, I watched a lot of my peers at that time accept those things and not continue. Uh, 
I, you know, I hear from them now, you know, you lose people sometimes in life and then you know, they'll pop back up later on. And what, you're still doing this, you know, <laughs> and I wish I'd have stayed with it. So, you know, it's just part of it. Um, yeah. And you just have to keep grinding and moving forward. Uh, and, and again, that number sounds like a lot, but you have to take into consideration. I, I've probably never had a real job. All I've done is martial arts my whole life. That's cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if you think about it that way, that's a lot of free time. So that's that's how that happened. And, uh, and a lot of passion, like I mentioned earlier, I, I wanted to be involved in all of this. Uh, every school I could join in my town. Uh, I remember going to the, the next town over and joining schools. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just all over it. I loved it. So. <laughs> that's amazing. That's my last passion. If they put the definition right there, you're like, you know, so I, I love that. I love that. So what, what would you tell your young, okay, so you now, Alan Baker now, what would you tell your younger self if you can go back today? Oh, wow. Um, there's a list. I don't know that I would sit there and listen to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I guess one of the main things is surround yourself with the people that represent where you want to be, not where you are. Hmm. And you know, that sometimes is a hard thing to understand, much less implement. But I found out later in life, just how powerful that is. Uh, you know, that among other things, um, you know, and I, I always refer to that as a tribe, hmm. you know, and, and you, or sometimes people call it a network. But uh, you can choose those people, your inner circle, who you surround yourself with. Now, some are family. You know, you, they're, they're there no matter what. But uh, <laughs> generally, you have a choice. And that's a tough choice to make sometimes. You know, so. Um, but that that's probably the first thing I would start with, because uh, I didn't learn that for a while. Um, and now, you know, once I've started to see the power in it, and I think, too, people will be sent to you. You know, there's a saying that says when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Um, so when the student's ready, the mentor will appear. And it's, it's sometimes it's miraculous how that happens. You know, and when you're ready to make a change, a certain angle in your life is it's, it's interesting how those opportunities, the door might not swing all the way open. Mm -hmm. You got to do some work, yeah. but it'll crack. And, uh, you know, you have to be able to recognize it and be prepared at that moment to take appropriate action. Um, so. Got to take it that, that shot. Like you can't let it slip, slip away. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. Okay. So is there anything that people don't know about you? I'm pretty simple. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, like we said earlier at the beginning, uh, I'm mostly known for martial arts. Uh, so not a lot of people see the other things that I do in life. I am a, a diving instructor. So uh, I'm also a cave diving. Uh, wow. So 
Yeah, that's something that You've most people don't know. Have sharks? Uh, you know, I've ran into a few. I love um, they weren't as bad as they are in the movies, at least the ones I've met. Uh, really? <laughs> I don't think I've met that guy yet. Uh, <laughs> you know, the ones I've ran into are some reef sharks, uh, nurse sharks, that, things. They, they were very friendly. Any orcas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like fascinated. I'm like, any orcas down there? Like, I haven't, I haven't read into that yet. No, um, yeah, that's awesome. So I think you know you have to go go looking for those guys. I'm <laughs> pay somebody to take me uh, to find them. Uh, past that, um, do a lot of climbing, uh, rappelling. Um, I'm a dive. I'm, no, I'm sorry, a rappel master instructor. So we uh, run a course to teach rappel masters about twice a year um, out of Alabama. Uh, do a lot of shooting, shooting instructor. Um, I, I teach the defensive tactics at the uh, Executive Protection Institute out of Virginia and the uh, Vehicle Dynamics Institute out of New Jersey. Uh, they, they are two major uh, educational um, facilities for the protection agency. So those are a few things that most people don't know. All right. I'm like, that's the people don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 Definitely want to talk to you about this cave diving thing though i'm just fascinated with the um like all week i was watching like orcas and octopus and all that stuff and i'm just like, oh. oh that's amazing <laughs> we we just did a uh trip to bon air uh just in the last year and uh speaking of octopus i mean there was some amazing life uh, on that trip that we ran into yeah. coral reefs are incredible um it's a gorgeous area all hidden underwater. You wouldn't even know unless you, you know, put a tank on and got down there. Exactly. <laughs> so amazing. Like octopus are my latest. I've been studying them. I'm like, dude, those are not octopus. Those are aliens. Something's going on there. <laughs> They're so different. And like what they do, they can like just turn into like a statue. Like they can blend in. And I've seen them pick a lot. It's crazy. Yeah, super intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's just something here. Those aren't octopus. <laughs> later, later story. Most definitely. So, okay, so for you, I'm pretty sure because a lot of times I'll ask if you weren't doing this, would there be something else you'd be doing? Like, uh, well, wow. Yeah, if I weren't in the martial arts industry, I'd probably be teaching diving somewhere. I'd be a guide uh, on the side of a mountain. Uh, I love that stuff. I'd be somewhere closer to the ocean. Um, or closer to the equator, um, doing that type of stuff. Uh, one of the reasons I got into them initially is, um, you know, I was doing it already, but I wanted to create the opportunity to get paid um, to have fun. And, you know, and it's still work. Uh, running a dive trip is, you know, not easy, but uh, still, uh, you're in paradise, uh, having a good time, waking up with the sun and, it's, you know, nothing like it. So I'd probably be doing something along those lines. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's so inspiring. I'm like, I want to be just like him. <laughs> you know, because you're passionate, you live your dreams. And I feel that too, like people should, uh, we don't only get that growing up. We just told like, like people tell you, you real job, your real job. No one teaches or, or, or conditions kids to, 
live with passion and live it and know and fulfill your dreams versus get a job, go there, go there, go to school, get that. As soon as you want to live a dream, hey, get a real job. <laughs> totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I definitely believe in pushing people for their passions. I know that, um, I don't know, I know you can't save me all day. <laughs> but is there anything before, first of all, I do want the listeners before we go at all to know where they could find anything Alan Baker, any social media websites? Uh, well, there's a couple of websites. The Academy website is the Atlanta Martial Arts Center.com. And if you enter in Atlanta Martial Arts Center, most likely will come up. Uh, my site is uh, sifuallenbaker.com, uh, S-I-F-U-A-L-A-N-B-A-K-E-R. Um, both of those get you in touch with me or the Academy and information on different things we do. Okay. And I'll definitely make sure that we have them on the links and then also on our website. Uh, do you have any social any social media that, that um, people can follow you at? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, if you enter Alan Baker or Sifu Alan Baker, you'll probably find me pretty easy. All right. Okay. And books are on you are you Amazon or are you on any other? Amazon. Yes, ma'am. All right. That sounds good. Sounds good. Well, I know that I appreciated you coming by here and I would love to have you back because how can you not? Like you have so much. Uh, we got to do some cave talking. Anytime. <laughs> this is fun. Yes, most definitely. So before we go here, is there anything that you want to say to the audience, leave them with any thoughts? Uh, you know, I'll uh, echo what you said earlier. Um, go after those dreams. Um, find someone that is on that path. Because, like, uh, like you said, they don't teach that stuff in school. Uh, and so one of the few places you can find it is find a mentor who is out there living it now. Uh, there's more wisdom and knowledge coming from a living mentor than there is in a book. Not saying don't read, but go find that guy that is doing the things you want to do. Ask him to mentor you. And most of them will because they understand the power of teaching because it educates both of you. Um, and go after it. And, and don't give up. Understand it'll take some time, but you will get there. I love it. I love it. I love it. So inspiring. Thank you so, so much. Thank, Thank you. you. And you have a great rest of your day. And until next time, everybody, this is Brandy J and Alan Baker. Peace. Bye, guys.